I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, everybody. I hope you're having a fantastic day. It's uh, Jamie here, obviously. I just wanted to quickly talk about our brand new podcast that uh, we are releasing and we're releasing the pilot episode today for you to listen to. Now, as you can see, the podcast is called Voice Mail. Uh, Myself and a great friend of mine uh, called Josh Roberts, who was a guest on our podcast, uh, decided to do this to talk and to start having the conversation about mental health. Now, a scary statistic is that the biggest killer for males under 45 is suicide. Three quarters of suicide are male. Guys don't seem to open up about their issues, their problems, their anxieties, their worries, their stress. Stress is because they feel like they can't or they don't want to. Now, Josh and I decided to change that, to remove that stigma and actually speak out about mental health, our own issues, um, and also other people's issues. Uh, each episode, as I'm going to explain, uh, we have some voicemails that we listen to and hopefully try and help out um, the people in it, as well as helping out others who listen to this podcast. I really, really hope you like it. As I said, it's a pilot episode. So please, any feedback we want to hear, we want to listen to, we want to understand. If you don't like it, hey, you don't like it. But if you do like it, please let us know by tweeting us at private parts, DMing us at private parts, sending us an email, uh, sending me uh, a tweet or an Instagram. Any feedback is uh, really welcome, but we really, really hope that you enjoy this because um, it's a really special podcast and it means a lot to Josh and I and hopefully a lot to all of you people. So uh, enough talking from me. Um, here it is. Here is our brand new podcast, pilot episode, voicemail. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to your new favourite podcast, Voice Mail. Me and my friend Josh are going to listen to your messages and do our very best to help. I'm Jamie Lang and with me is writer, campaigner, mental health expert and all-round good guy, Josh Roberts. Hello everyone, welcome to Voice Mail, a new podcast where we ask everyone out there to send in their stresses, their worries, their concerns via a voicemail and we try to help them out. Um, 
I am your host, Jamie Lang, and this is my co-host, Josh Roberts. Hi, Josh. Hello, Jamie Lang. Uh, Josh, you're a bit more qualified than me, I think, in this area, because you're an author. Fractionally more qualified. (laughs) Well, you're an author. You're an author of a book. Indeed. I'm not an author of any sort of book. And you are the author of a book called The Anxious Man, right? I am indeed, yeah. So I've uh, a book coming out in April this year called Anxious Man. You're it, already plugging it already. Look oh, at that. You're going to get these plugs in early. Uh, <laughs> little and often. Um, so yeah, I'm uh, a sufferer of an anxiety disorder. And in the process of uh, writing the book, I've uh, done a bit of research into other uh, mental health problems. And so, yeah, I'm really excited to be with and, you. And we and we met via a mutual friend, didn't we? We met via our friend we, Alexis. Well, we met through our friend first on Grinder, and then uh, through <laughs> Alexis. Um, and yeah, and then I, I had the privilege of coming on uh, on Private Parts. And the reaction, I don't know if it was the same, and I'm, I'm really hoping that we get the same from this, the reaction from particularly men um, to hear two exactly blokes it. talking about mental health is crazy. Do you know what it is, buddy? It's the fact that, you know, we now live in this this world, right, where, you know, still to this day, the biggest killer under 45 for male is suicide, mm. right? Guys don't open up and talk about different things because they feel like they need to be alpha. They need to stay strong. They internalize so much. If they speak about their issues, their problems, their worries, they are weak. And that is totally not the case, right? It, you need to speak out and be open and honest about the way you feel, whatever that may be. Yeah, definitely. And also, I don't think it's just an unwillingness. It's also an unawareness that you you can speak. So, you know, women, in, in a way, are slightly privileged in the sense when it comes to mental health and probably only mental health, uh, more privileged than men because um, there's much more history of women having mental health problems. Uh, They're much more equipped to talk about these things. Whereas blokes, really until the start of the 20th century, it wasn't a thing. Um, Mental health was tied to movements of the uterus. Men don't have uteruses. I don't think. Um, (laughs) DBC. And therefore, um, you know, we couldn't kind of suffer from these problems. So it's not just that we you know, have these issues and don't want to talk about them. It's that in many cases, we don't know how to talk about them Yeah, because well. we don't know how to be open and honest. Because exactly. if we are open and honest, we then go, well, well, we shouldn't be feeling this way. And actually, we then, we then get ourselves into this total spin where we think, well, I shouldn't be feeling this way. Why am I feeling this way? I can't be honest and open about it because no one else is like me. Blah, blah, blah. And then it just goes down and down and down and down, doesn't it? Exactly. And in reality, when you start to look at people through history, or people even now who suffer from or just live with mental health problems, be that depression, anxiety, so forth, you start to realise, holy shit, some of the most amazing people on planet Earth. Wait, like who? Well, Winston Churchill, for example. But what, he, um, he did? Yeah, Winston Churchill struggled hugely with depression. The black dog, as he called it. Um, wouldn't get out of bed for days. And well, one of the reasons that he was such a big boozer. And, you know, Winston Churchill, the greatest Briton of all time, um, I mean, so many other men uh, have had problems like John Hamm and loads of different actors have come out and spoken about their issues. And yes, you start to realise, actually, maybe, I mean, to an extent where some people say maybe, you know, having a kind of melancholic side helps you. You think it, you think it makes you more creative? Because I, I tell you what, when I okay, I first started getting, I you know, we're going to get into what I've had and you've had, and you know, you've had anxiety, I've had anxiety, I've had lots of different issues as well. Mine is bigger than yours. Nah, mine's bigger than yours. <laughs> My issues are way bigger than yours. 
So, <laughs> just want to let you know that from right. the start. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Yours are petty compared to mine. Um, but well, I started getting tinnitus, right? I started getting tinnitus. And so I just Googled, <laughs> to make myself feel better, I Googled what celebrities had tinnitus as well. What other celebrities? Yeah, yeah what... <laughs> Somebody. Barbara Streisand had Holy has shit. has the other blonde with tinnitus. <laughs> Chris Martin, Coldplay, really tinnitus. Yeah, yeah. Me and him are similar in lots of ways. Tinnitus being one of them. How can you? I guess maybe would that not be a problem being in a band? Well, I, I think the problem is is that you're in a band and that's what causes tinnitus because um, you're okay. surrounded by loud music the entire time. So I think that's what happens. But I suppose also, you know, why why. The reason why we wanted to start this podcast together is, you've mentioned it before, is because we think it's important to be open and honest. Mm. And we're living in this current climate where, you know, I had the statistic the other day, right? So 20 years ago, they asked a group of Americans um, how many people they could turn to in a crisis. So how many people they could turn to if they were in need or they were worried or they were upset. And the average answer was six people. Six people 20 years ago. They did the same test uh, in the current day. They asked a group of Americans who they could turn to, and the average answer answer was zero. Zero Mm. people. Loneliness is a big thing. People don't open up. People aren't honest. We live in this world of complete connection, but actually we're just disconnected. So you and I want to start this because we're buddies. I talk to you a lot about Mm. my issues and my problems and the things that I'm going through. Um, And you respond, (laughs) and I never never ask how you are, ever, (laughs) because I just focus on myself a lot. So I thought it would be a good idea for us, you know, with your knowledge and understanding and uh, research behind all of this and your history with mental health Mm. and with my history of mental health and my sort of openness and my ability to do podcasts, um, we thought we'd join it together and create our podcast voicemail. Right. I think definitely. There's a couple of things I'd add to that, actually. The, the first is that... Oh, here we go already. All right, chucking them in there. They're gone. Oh, oh okay. Well, I just thought I just said it so nicely. But okay, <laughs> go on. Tell me. Well, no, I think the, the, one of the only benefits about mental health problems versus physical problems is that often <clears throat> just talking about it um, or, or understanding, knowing that other people have had a similar problem to you is actually quite quite powerful in terms of starting recovery that's one of the reasons i was so so interested to to come and have a chat with you and the second thing really important probably to say right at the top is that whilst yeah i've done tons of research spoken to lots of people who've had similar problems different problems to my own um neither of us are qualified medical doctors yet no we're not we are nowhere near being qualified at the moment i have a tutu for theater and performance <laughs> at leeds university uh, and Did you that, finish it? <laughs> yes, I finished it. You got the two two. I got the Desmond. The, I got a really low two two. <laughs> wow. Yeah. There was no exams. It was all coursework. It's basically cheating, and I still got a two two. <laughs> And what did you study? Was it media and performance no, art? theatre and performance, Leeds University, thank you very much. What did you study? Fucking deck chair management, <laughs> sun cream science. I did politics, philosophy and economics. <laughs> <laughs> Just a swore at me. Wait, where did you study? I did, uh, I was in Trinity College in Dublin. Uh, yeah. There you go. Look at that. Yeah. But not medical, not medically qualified doctors. Yeah, so. yeah. L- listen, Josh, we got that. We, right. we understand we're not doctors. We're just sitting here, but we do think it's important to talk about mental health. And we also feel like the highest form of... Also, this is the other thing, okay? And I, I've said this on so many different podcasts, um, and I have never really said it on an actual podcast that is meaningful. 
the highest level of happiness is helping people mm. is 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 reaching out connecting with different people you think that you want to receive money fame and wealth and all these different things and power and actually that doesn't make you happy what hap- what makes you happy is helping others and this podcast is here to help other people out there who are struggling with different issues you know hopefully make them laugh make them giggle give them some insight give them some empathy and also just you know maybe i don't know save a couple of people fingers crossed so we should probably uh, explain a little bit of the format that we've got going here. So we uh, asked for people to send in their worries, their stresses, their anxieties, their problems, anything at all that they were feeling. Uh, send us a voicemail. Uh, and we got a whole bunch of voicemails, which is just insane. We got so many of them. Now, each episode, Josh and I are going to play three voicemails mm-hmm. and then speak about it. Um, you know... We would love to answer all of the questions that come in and answer all of the voicemails that come in, but that probably isn't possible. But we're hoping that we will get through them slowly by slowly. Isn't that right? That's the plan. That is the plan. So shall we listen to our first voicemail? Let's do it. Let's do it. Hi, Jamie. Um, my name is Rosanna and I'm 27 years old. Um, I obviously just saw your Instagram story and I think what you guys are doing with talking about mental health is a great initiative. It's obviously it's a really important topic. Um, for me personally, health anxiety is huge. Um, and I am the wor- I've got a few physical health problems anyway, which doesn't help. Um, but as soon as I get any new symptom, I turn to Dr. Google, which is just the absolute worst thing you can do. Um, and I dramatise everything. Um, it drives my friends and family mad, it drives me mad, and I immediately jump to kind of worst-case scenario. Um, and obviously, you know, you Google away and you convince yourself of all sorts. So, yeah, trying to get out of that rut and kind of looking at ways um, that that can be helped would would be great. Um, and yeah, just finding out a bit more about what you guys are going to be talking about. Um, it all sounds exciting. Thanks a lot. Bye. Josh, there we go. What do you think? Health anxiety. Health anxiety. Yeah, it's surprisingly common um, and really very irritating. There's very little data in the UK about uh, health anxiety. Probably the most um, comparable data comes from Australia, where any one year is about 5 to 6% of the population will struggle with health anxiety. What is it? Well, it's like an obsessive worry about yeah your health. So, <laughs> so people will... Um, people who struggle with this will uh, be constantly uh, thinking like scanning their body to find particular physical ailments or they will uh, notice like differences in their vision and and then um, as a caller described take to like the internet or to google and try to um, sort of uncover and self-diagnose themselves with like life-threatening conditions it comes in obviously like varying degrees where starting from sort of mild hypochondria right up to the top end where people yeah will even go so far as to convince themselves of an illness and start to develop physical symptoms. Are you in serious? People can actually start developing them. Yeah. So, for example, I was actually listening to an, a separate podcast about this, where um, someone who suffered from this exact problem was describing how they started to feel um, sort of like nauseous. Went to the doctor thinking that they had. Um, multiple sclerosis, kind of having diagnosed themselves on the back of some Googling with multiple sclerosis. And the doctor made the mistake of saying, oh, don't worry about that because the first sign of multiple sclerosis is um, dots appearing in your vision. And then next morning, this girl wakes up and lo lo and behold, dots dots in her vision. So it can be really, really um, debilitating. I don't know. 
about you. It's something that I've had, uh, I mean, I've got much, much better at it, um, but I've had elements of health anxiety. Okay, go on. What, so what have you had? Well, so, I mean, in probably the last two years, I've had, well, survived from four or five different cancer scares. Um <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, well it's funny done. now. No, but it's funny well now. Well done. You it's, survived them. It's funny <laughs> now, but actually what happened what happened for me, which was helpful for me, but, you know, it's like not applicable everywhere else is, I left a, a job to, to go and write this book. So I was completely impoverished and could no longer, no longer basically afford to health. keep up my health anxiety because, no, seriously, I was going to see the the, the private Booper clinic. Yeah. <clears throat> one, of the, one of the things that you find is very common with people who suffer from health anxiety is something called like hyperbolic discounting. So they will ignore or try to pick holes in the credibility of doctors. Everything. Oh so, my so, God, so the doctor, yeah. yeah, the doctor will say, okay, don't worry. And you'll go, yeah, but you would say that because you're a time-poor NHS GP. So maybe if I spend 60 quid on a booper doctor, they'll, they'll spot something that you wouldn't say. <laughs> no, but it, it's true. And, um, or, you, you know, your people will start Googling how often doctors misdiagnose conditions to prove... That, that they the doc- would be the, wrong. That the doctor has got it wrong. Dude, I, I, I'm telling you, with, so what happened with your ones that you had? I, ge- I generally, I would go, I would book, uh, I would book 15 minute appointments with at the like Booper private clinic on a monthly basis on the assumption that I'd have a couple of ailments that I would need to get sorted out. <laughs> Can I be totally honest with you? Yeah. Okay, so I, I, I listened to this podcast the other day because if I, the reason, one of the reasons why I wanted to start this podcast, and you know about this, is that recently I've been feeling incredibly anxious um, and I think almost burnt out in a certain way. I think that I've sort of worked myself to the bone and I'm feeling anxious and all mm. these different things. And I kind of realised that actually talking about it helps a lot more. Um, so I was listening to a podcast which is all about gut health. Yeah. Okay. And said that if you if you if your gut's healthy, then your mind's healthy. So this morning I went and had a chronic irrigation. Oh my lord. Yeah. And you have to go I thought you're very light on your feet. <laughs> Feels so light. Feels she said and you 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 go in there and uh they put you in a robe and they put a, a pipe up your but yeah. and they flush it out with water and it clears your whole colon. She told me I had a very long colon. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you very much. I'm very proud of it. But it's true. Health anxiety is so much. One of the big pitfalls is most of the the symptoms of like the least worrisome conditions, common cold, that kind of thing, are also shared with the most serious conditions. So when you sit down and if you're a person that's prone to worry and you've got nausea, a sore throat, you know, cough, like basically cough symptoms, you sit down, start Googling. You start off with a common cold within five minutes. You've got common obstructive pulmonary disorder. <laughs> Which is what? Well, it's like, What's that? Well, it's, a real, it's like a chronic lung condition that, oh, no. that's like, you know, obviously has some um, very difficult or very low survival rates. But there's a couple of other problems with, with health anxiety um, in particular. One is that it often goes undiagnosed because doctors will, will prove or disprove the, the physical ailment and then kind of dismiss you without actually diagnosing the underlying mental health problem that's led mm. to you being there. Mm-hmm. So they'll say, well, you don't have multiple sclerosis, off you go, rather than saying you don't have multiple sclerosis, but I think given how many times you've been in the surgery, you might have problems with health anxiety. So that's one issue. And the other problem that you have is that it's one of these conditions. <clears throat> you can't think yourself into having cancer. Sure. Right. You can't think yourself into having high blood pressure. Mm-hmm. 
Actually, that's not entirely true. But you, <laughs> but you can, but you can. You can the, I don't, don't tell us that. No, then we can the sink ourselves you, into it. No, but if you suffer, if you're the sort of person that, you know, can get wound up by things, that's, that would potentially totally, affect, that you, affect yeah, your blood pressure. It. But what I mean is you can't think yourself into having some of these conditions, but you can absolutely make health anxiety worse for yourself by Googling it, by, you know, visiting forums, all this kind of stuff. So the advice um, from my perspective would be try to give up Google. It's tough. Sick advice. That is, that you, is the best but, bit but, of advice. But if you absolutely must visit the internet, stick to the NHS website because <clears throat> everything on the NHS has been written by people who really know stuff rather than some muppet in the you know, arse end of a forum from 2005, you know? So that's the first thing. Um, and then it's all of the normal stuff that you would try to do to, to cope with anxiety more broadly. So cognitive behavioural therapy is very strong when it comes to reducing health anxiety. Uh, some people have found things like antidepressants and, and those kind of like um, more sort of pharmaceutical things that c- can be very helpful with it. And then all the suite of normal well-being things like drinking less, exercising more, mm-hmm. all, that, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that healthy living. I think, uh, you know, it's so true. I think the sort of reassuring thing is that a lot of people experience health anxiety one in 20 yeah one in 20 people right so uh, you're not alone and secondly yeah getting stuck in those forums googling searching everything i was at a dinner table in um in in skiing and i had a yellow tongue i i had been i'd been when i was 22 years old and i'd been partying quite a lot and i had this sort of yellowish sort of thing on my tongue it was just me being dehydrated unhealthy i'd been partying for three days whatever it was and I Googled it at the dinner table, seeing what the symptoms came up, and straight away came up that said that I had uh, STDs and all these different things. As soon as you start Googling things and going into forums, you get stuck into this web of, and you start self-diagnosing, and it's just a terrible thing. So you're so right. Stay away from that if you yes, can. Yes, I would also um, recommend not having unprotected sex. <laughs> <laughs> I think the evidence there is, again, quite conclusive. <laughs> Thanks, Josh. Should we we listen to our next voicemail? Yeah, let's do it. Hi, I did see your Instagram post um, in regards to mentioning a current stress or worry. Um, My name's Elle, and my current stress at the moment or worry or problem is actually just getting up in the mornings and just being super anxious. It really stresses me out. I absolutely adore my job at the moment. Um, but I can't seem to find the motivation to get up in the mornings. Um, I think this is because um, my current problem is that I worry a lot and I'm overthinking like my current life situation. I'm currently 23 and I feel like I don't have my life together right now. A lot of people say to me, oh, you're only 23, you don't have to have your life together, but it feels that there's a lot of pressure in this day and age. So I think my question to you would be, do you, did you go through a similar situation when you were in your 20s, like your early 20s, and are there any tips that you would suggest for me to be motivated and to continue trying to achieve my goals and not to feel too, you know, too down about it? Because I think at the moment it's making me really down and I don't want it to be. Um, thank you very much for taking your time to listen to there's voice now, there's lengthy voice now, and I hope you have a brilliant day. Thank you, bye. Do you know what, with these ones, right, is that uh, it seems like, Josh, like a lot of people's anxieties or worries or 
uh, sadnesses or concerns always happen at night or in the morning. Mm. That's when they kind of sort of seem to kick in, isn't it? Why is that? Do you know? Well, I think it's um, very often one of the only times where you're truly alone with your thoughts. Yeah, that's it. You're not distracted, isn't it? Nowadays, yeah. You spend so much of your time on, <clears throat> in the modern world, either with other people or swept up doing other stuff. Or even when you are on your own, you're sort of passively doing things like cruising social media, which occupies your your brain. Um, the sad news is this is a really common problem. Uh, it's something that I've had. I mean, it's the, the basis of my... Uh, you know my my whole issue around anxiety and just like the caller uh, it's always worse for me first thing in the morning like like you described um why is that though because i because this is where my anxiety kicks in this is what i have well, at you're the alone moment with your when thoughts so aren't you just I lying wake, in bed you wake um, up in the morning you have that sort of knotty feeling in your stomach it feels like it's twisting i'm like what is that yeah and it's particularly irritating because it sort of sets the mood for the day and you sort of wake up in the morning, and if that's the first thing you think, it tends to tends to sort of colour your the rest of your day. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What was interesting, I thought about the call, was that it was quite specifically, or she felt that it was quite specifically tied to her kind of stage of life. And early 20s, mid 20s is a particularly challenging period of people's lives. It's when my, I had my own breakdown. I know, obviously, you, you've had issues around yeah, yeah, in exact, yeah. exactly the same period of time. And I think there's a number of different forces going on at that stage in our lives. You've kind of maybe left university full of hopes and dreams and come to realise that actually... Life is pretty tough. There are elements of life that, um, you know, aren't exactly what you've expected. Things cost more, you earn less. Yeah. Uh, and success isn't quite as easy to come by. And I think also you take all of those kind of forces and refract them through the social media age where at the you know tap of a button, you can see a thousand, a million other people whose lives are better than yours. Now, in reality, and actually it'd be really interesting to get your view on the kind of Instagram thing but in reality those people's lives are probably just as if not more hollow than your own completely but 
um, you know, when you're sat there in bed late at night, first thing in the morning, already starting to wonder whether or not your life is turning out the way that you thought it would. And then you're bombarded with pictures of people whose lives are, you know, after parties and holidays to Mauritius or whatever. Yeah, it's probably not going to yeah. help your state of mind. <laughs> that's it. You know, it, it's t- there's a big problem. That's the, one of the biggest problems with sort of social media, especially at the young age. You know, 23 years old and worrying about life, that is so typical. Because, you know, after university, they actually call it the lost year. When you leave university, you have that year of trying to find out what job you're going to get and things like that. They call it the lost year because you don't really know what you're doing. And as you said, everything's a bit more expensive. Success isn't as easy as, mm. you know, you think. Perhaps your relationship isn't going as well. All these different things happen. And coupled that with social media now, which we have, is that you stereotypically you're meant to know 150 to 200 people. That's what you're meant to know. You're meant to have this village mentality. So if you have a wedding let's say, or a big party or whatever it is, you invite 150, 200 people, max, that's what that would be. And out of that 150, 200 people, you have a USP, a unique selling point. And your unique selling point would be you're a, a gymnast or you'd be a dancer or you'd be the best at writing or you'd be the funniest or whatever. You'd have something that makes you you. People know you for that. The problem with Instagram is that you then have access to millions and millions of people. And out of those millions of people, you think that you see everyone who is more successful than mm. you or funnier than you or better than you. And so then you become, you lose your sense of self. You kind of go, well, what's the point of what I'm doing? And I don't think I'm going to be achieving anything. And it's a, it's a classic thing. 22, 23 years old um, was the time when I had my first ever panic attack. I was just started doing a television show. I was doing Made in Chelsea. And... I had decided to go down this route. It was very exciting, but I didn't really know what I was doing. Mm. I didn't have any security. I didn't have anything this, anything. I didn't have any direction. And that's where a lot of my anxieties came from. Um, and I can really relate, like you said, relate to that anxiety in the morning. You wake up and you have that real anxiety, that real knot. And all you kind of want to do is you want to sort of stay in bed and remain in bed because you don't want to face the day because almost facing the day is harder. Yeah, although the, it works one of two ways either uh it affects you to the set to the degree where you don't want to get out of bed or the complete opposite which is my my instance which is you lie awake at night <clears throat> barely ever sleeping and so you can't wait to get out of bed because then you won't be lying in bed anymore <laughs> so it's kind of one or the other um, but either way time on your own leads to you know kind of f- feeling these negative thoughts yeah totally and and, and, it, and it's a, a horrendous feeling but i always think that you know, what you kind of try and have to do is in the mornings is you have to try and get up and you have to sort of force yourself to to have that routine, to go to the gym, to do something in the morning, yeah, whether that's yeah. go on a walk or read the newspaper or check something or do this. You have to have that sort of motivation because if you sort of self dwell in that kind of existence, it becomes quite hard, doesn't oh, it? definitely. Uh, there's a few things I would recommend here. I think, firstly, you have to unpick this idea that everyone else's life is better than yours. The reality is that it isn't. Mm. I mean, that really just is like objectively the case. Once you've seen the other side of social media, you come to realise that the vast majority of it is just completely invented. The second thing is that this idea of being late or or having missed the boat age 23 is, again, I can can see where it's coming from, um, but it's slightly misguided. Again, there's so many people who... um, like hugely successful people who don't find their careers until slightly later on in life. And I'm talking like Colonel Sanders, the founder of KFC, (laughs) didn't open his first KFC until he was 62. Are you serious? Yeah. How do you know that? 
I googled it. <laughs> you googled it. I thought you told the, us not to Google it. The Colonel is a friend. <laughs> um, but it's the same with the weirdly all these fast food chains. Same with the guy who franchised McDonald's. He was like sixty-five. Ronald. No, not Ronald. Ronald did not franchise. <laughs> but some guy, I can't remember his name, he, he franchised McDonald's. Oh, fair play. Yeah, J.K. No Rowling was in her 30s. There we go. Steve Carell was in his 40s when he got the office. So the idea that everyone else's life is better than yours is misguided. And also the idea that you've missed the boat. Um, again, it's not something that's worth worrying about. I think there's a couple of other things. Definitely reassess your situation with your relationship with social media. If you find that you're not getting anything positive from it, then why do you have it on your phone? I couldn't agree and, more. And you and I are of an age, well, of an age. You and I are of an age where you can remember life before social media. So you have uh, to do, do blissful. Com- it was blissful. Mate, well, it, it was, actually. And sometimes there's some stuff on social media that's helpful. I follow I don't know, weird things that I find interesting or funny, but I try not to follow... Sorry. Um, what, me? you about to say you, well, you don't no, follow me? No, because you live this sort of fabulous celeb life and I'm lying <laughs> there in bed in Battersea, eating a curry, <laughs> looking at you, you know, splayed on some bed in the Maldives, thinking, fuck you. Um, so, you know, I try not to do that and, and I would really recommend um, reassessing the, the kind think, of relationship I with social media. I think that's totally right. I think that that is it and not obsessing over other people's lives because, as you said, they're really not any better um, or any worse, that everyone's just the same. And actually, people, you just sort of glorify everything on, on social media. Everything is just a snapshot. Yeah, and I, it's I, totally I, optional. To, to, to get stuck into that stuff is completely optional. If you want to delete Instagram from your phone, delete, delete it. it and get something else on your phone to replace yes. it. Or even better than that, get a hobby or get some other point of interest in your life that you can use to replace it. The other final thing, particularly when you struggle to get out of bed in the morning. So when I speak to people... Um, who suffer from depressive conditions, <clears throat> getting out of bed is often the, that's like the first hurdle of the day. And one of the things that people find quite effective is if you make a really, really detailed list of the first or like objectives for the first few hours of the day, which could be as simple as have a shower, make breakfast, brush your teeth. But if you're able to start ticking things off on that list, it kind of puts a bit of momentum into your day. There was a great, great video, which I would thoroughly recommend, of a, um, an American military commander talking about the transformative mm-hmm. power of making your bed. Mm-hmm. And it's exactly that same thing where it's such a small thing to do. But having made your bed, you've ticked off the first objective of the day. You've been proactive when you could have been reactive or slovenly. Um, and it's kind of a really great way to start the day. So that was another thing that I, I think I would recommend. I think instance. that's perfect. I think that's great. Hey, I like your advice, Josh. And if you can, splay yourself on a bed in the Maldives. <laughs> do it. <laughs> do it. Right, you ready for our next voicemail? Yeah, let's do it. Number three. Hi, um, I'm giving you this message because I just saw your Snapchat, uh, your Instagram story. Um, my uh, issue is a bit of a deep one, to be fair. Um, been having a few problems to do with girls and just being... Just being rejected a lot and uh, and needing that confidence just get back out there and you know and find a girlfriend because I've been single for a long time so uh, I don't know what's happening to this so just getting that confidence back again after a lot of rejection and uh, also just that kind of self-worth and uh, yeah Do you know what, you can already uh, hear it in his voice, the sense of like, 
almost shame and mm. that he's sort of feeling he's all the embarrassment that he's feeling um and that just shouldn't be the case you know i, I think that it is really hard in life for to deal with rejection and to deal with certain situations like that i remember when i was at university i i had girlfriends throughout my school days always did always had girlfriends had uh, was always the guy getting girls and then I got to university and suddenly I was in a big pond and I was a very 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 little fish and I was not getting any girls whatsoever and for a year or six months to a year I t- lost total confidence from being a guy who was super confident mm. to all these different things to losing total confidence because I got rejected or wasn't quite f- going on dates or dating anyone. And then slowly by slowly, you then you you self-loathe and you go, well, then no one likes me. I, I'm worthless. Mm. I, I'm never going to get anyone. And it's a tough kind of road to go down because you feel like you feel self-loathing. And it's not a good thing. Yeah, particularly I think nowadays it kind of, with the last caller, we were talking a bit more about social media and how that can amplify your you know worries about your your own life I think the way that modern dating is set up the use of dating apps and so forth again probably like amplifies that feeling of rejection of loneliness of uselessness because well if I've got thousands of girls in my phone and not one of them will swipe right on me then you know how fucking useless am I kind of thing and there's loads of data behind that so the the picture of dating apps is quite complicated because on the one hand they do help to match people who would otherwise not not have met each other. And they make that kind of process of meeting people a bit easier. Um, I must confess, I've never uh, been a big app user myself. Never needed it, have you? No, man, I'm just so boring. I've always been, I've, I've been with the same girl for too long that predate the apps. I mean, it was like Bebo days. MSN. Um, but that idea that, you know, there's a million girls in your phone and none of them will say yes to you, I think, is probably um, only serves to, to amplify that. And like I was saying, the, the data is quite conclusive. Um, there was a, uh, again, I think it was in Australia. Um, no, I love Australia. No, no, it was in North Texas. There was a study in North Texas um, that showed that men who use dating apps have a considerably lower view of their own or lower... Uh, belief in their own appearance. They think themselves uglier than they. But why? Than men but who don't. why is that? Same thing as as the social media thing. I think you're constantly comparing yourself to other people, and particularly with something like Tinder or Grinder, Bumble, whatever it is. Your ability to measure. I mean, it's really placing like hard metrics. I liked this many people who didn't return the favor. Mm-hmm. It's like really difficult evidence yeah to deal you, with. You're, you're basically there and you're you're basically putting yourself up and you're just constantly getting yeah but i think the other thing to say is like your approachability and desirability as a human being extends so much beyond the stuff that you're able to put on an app yeah that it, to measure yourself by the performance your performance on an app is kind of bullshit yeah i totally agree but also you know also every single person in this in this world every single person uh who has ever dated or ever done anything has been rejected. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you're Brad Pitt or you're 
or you're Josh Roberts. You've been rejected. Oh, that's nice, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, no you have. You've been rejected at some point. And things come in roundabouts. And also, we, we live in this, you know, don't know how young this guy was, but the, when you were young and, and sort of dating and trying to date different girls, right, it was, it was all about who you were dating, who you were dating, who you were dating, things like that. So then when you're not achieving that, you don't feel very... It kind of gets worse and worse, doesn't it? But everyone has experienced that everyone's experienced rejection and and people not wanting them and and yeah. breakups and all these different I things. guess the challenge is how do you experience that rejection and not let it affect you going forward and I think there's a few things that you could do um one thing that uh I'm talking with a friend about this recently and it's that it sounds very trite and kind of corny the idea that no one else is going to fancy you until you kind of fancy yourself a bit. yeah totally so you've got to go about working out how you can fancy yourself. Um, and one of the ways you could do that is to like take up a hobby or to indulge a passion, something that you're good at. Everyone in life has things that they're good at. Cooking, uh, pottery, painting, whatever it is. Sure. And if you're able to really engage in that sort of thing and to really yeah, get passionate about it yourself, then that's the sort of thing that longer term will lead you to being more... Um, more sort of yeah impassioned so, externally so doing something that you know that you're good at and doing it to, to to the fullest yeah exactly exactly and doing other things to kind of build out your life the guy the the, the chat with the voicemail his sounded like his primary challenge was around a rejection from women um, but the lines between that and suffering from low self-esteem or depressive tendencies mm-hmm. are, yeah fairly blurred and so I would suggest that the things that work to solve depressive conditions or issues of low self-esteem would also probably help him in, in the sphere of meeting girls and so forth. Um, I think that it is. I think, about, I think self-confidence is a big thing, especially in young males. I think everyone, Do you get a question? Yes. I, I get it if you, all the time. No, 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 okay. So you're obviously in a loving relationship. Uh-huh. But say you're in a bar, yeah. right? Go and set me up for this one. Here we go. Okay, and... Uh, oh, my God, you've been made a chance. <laughs> they normally say, oh my God, are you from Bake Off? <laughs> no, they don't say that. You're on Bake Off? Yeah, I was, I was on. Were you? Yeah, I, I, I made the worst cake ever, supposedly, to a poor... Well, you didn't make biscuits? No, I didn't make any biscuits. We did make biscuits for the second round. Yeah, but... Um, if, yeah, if, Do you know what I mean? Bar, Has that ever actually genuinely happened to you recently where you've been, someone said to you, no? Yeah, yeah. I mean, recently, yeah, it has. I mean, it, it, I went to New York and LA and we were filming out there and it happened a lot over there. Um, happened a hell of a lot because, you know, I suppose there's something, I suppose there's something, especially back when I was dating, there was something intriguing. If you went to a bar, there was something intriguing for some people about someone who's on the television uh, or someone who has, who supposedly has some sort of fame. So it's quite intriguing. People who have no idea who I am couldn't care. They see some small blonde bloke sitting at the bar. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to walk in there and people aren't going to go, their heads aren't going to turn. But how do you, what do you, what's your reaction when someone goes, I've got, I, listen, I've now. got used to it. I've got used to, uh, I don't mind rejection so much. I went through a period where it was really hard. I remember um, going back to my time at university when I didn't, date anyone for about six months and I remember I went to a party and I met a girl and it was the first girl that actually I sat with and I had a good conversation with and she and I thought she was really hot and I knew Mm. she thought I was hot and I suddenly went oh my god I'm gonna make this girl my girlfriend because I at last I'll have a girlfriend I remember thinking that um and then I went through a period even when I first started doing the 
made in Chelsea and being on television, I would m- meet a girl that I kind of liked the look of and I she fancied me, but then I became so nervous to talk to her. I almost became a different person. I wasn't confident because mm. I thought or I thought automatically they're not going to want me. They're going to not like me. And actually, how I got kind of over it is that I kind of thought to myself, but what is the worst thing that happened? And I think the best piece of of advice is is put yourself out there so for example if someone uh, you tell someone to go to the gym right someone says oh oh I, I need to start gymming don't say to them uh you know go and run a marathon right now take it step by step so go on like a 10 minute run or a five minute run mm-hmm. at least you're going on a run with self-confidence i honestly think it's about putting yourself out there because the the worst thing can be you can be rejected i understand that's a really tough thing but if you're what i then started doing because if i and it was really hard but i pushed myself out there if i was in a bar or if i was on a run or if it sounded quite creepy saying it actually if i was anywhere and i like the look of a girl and i wanted i would go up to them and ask them on a date i would just go and do it because if I got rejected, I got rejected. But most of the time, you don't. Mm. You kind of get... And I think, actually, that gives you a bit of confidence. That's Just very... putting yeah. yourself out there. So, so in the treatment of uh, particularly OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, they talk about uh, exposure response therapy. So if someone is terrified about leaving the house unlocked, the advice would be leave the house unlocked once or twice and see what happens. And the first time, it's incredibly uncomfortable. But then you realise that actually the world doesn't fall around you if you leave the house unlocked. That's exactly it. And so each time you go on and do it, it becomes a little bit less. So actually, that's a that's an interesting um, I, approach I, to it. I think it's totally that way. I think you've got to, you know, with fears, you've got to face them, uh, face them full on, face them front on. It does sound a bit creepy now, now <laughs> yeah. I think of it. But you do. And I think... Stalking that, women in the bar. <laughs> yeah, it does sound a bit stalking. But rejection doesn't matter. It, it's so natural and normal to feel that way for, for guys at any sort of age we feel it because rejection is and 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 girls women feel it as well for sure 100 percent. you're not alone in this but go out there go and start approaching women <laughs> that sounds bizarre <laughs> approach them um but do just go and ask someone on a date if you like the look of someone forget the dating apps go up to someone do it mm. you know the, the old school way ask them on a date if they say no they say no whatever but actually it kind of puts your confidence up there and at the end of the day you you start to build self-confidence within yourself yeah yeah definitely and i think if you pair that with the idea of trying to discover and uncover things that you love in life or passions that you have and really indulge those at the same time over time yeah i think you'd be having more success there we go uh, right, everyone, uh, that is the end of voicemail. Now, if you uh, have a worry, a problem, a stress, a query, a anxiety, a... If Jamie's approached you in a bar, <laughs> yeah. there's a number you can call. <laughs> Please do uh, leave us a voicemail. and We would love to potentially hear it on the next episode. Please remember, we are not a qualified practitioner. We are not, we don't have any degrees in this area. We're just here to be a friend and to be a voice for you. Um, so... Uh, please go to our show notes if you do want to seek further help it's all in the notes below uh josh did you have a nice little time today with me i had an excellent time i really did enjoy it it's great and we just get to hang out and talk about our feelings with each other with our tops off with our tops off. <laughs> we did this whole thing completely naked <laughs> all right everyone we'll see you next week stay safe <laughs>